Hello, everybody. So we have an extra special episode today because it's it's not often that I get to sit down with someone and immediately be like, okay, this girl's going to be my real life friend. Like this is going to be my, my real life people. So today I am speaking with Miss V Riviera. V does a podcast with her co-mama, Kale, who is most notably known for her time on 16 and Pregnant. And V, now V, I'm going to tell you this. I had to go back on YouTube and I was like, you know, let me just, let me just check out because that was a little bit, uh, I'm older than you, obviously, you know? Yeah. So that was after my time. I was already pretty much grown and the show came out. Yeah. And so I had to go back on YouTube and luckily you have a lot of fans all over the place and yeah. people have put together all these compilations of your relationship, like where it started Ooh, child, yeah. and where you guys are now to actually hosting the baby mama, no drama podcast together. Yeah. So I want to go back, you know, so let's go all the way back. Let's start from the, and I know you probably told this story a million times, but my audience has not heard it. So I want to start from day one. You made the decision and you were very young yourself to say, all right, I know that my new booze child's mother is on this TV show. And I know that this girl is a helicopter. Like this girl is a problem. And I'm sure she, she can admit that she was doing the most. And so you're like, I'm going to get in this situation. And looking back, do you regret? Do you have any hangups on your time on the show? Do you wish that you would have presented yourself? How do you feel about your experience from the beginning? Um, I don't have any regrets. I have no regrets, zero regrets at all. I feel like um, where I was back then starting the show and where I am now, like I am exactly where I need to be. And I also feel like my time on the show was never, it was never negative, nor was it positive. Like it was just neutral for me, I feel, because I was just, I wasn't like a main character. I wasn't yeah. really making so many appearances. Um, obviously in the beginning, yeah, I was kind of perceived as not like a villain, but I'm like the new, you know, the new girlfriend, whatever. So yeah. you, people already look at you like, oh, we don't like her, whatever, whatever. But as people started really getting to know me and really realizing like, I'm not here to cause drama. Like, I just wanna, I just wanna make everyone's life easier. Like I just want everyone, everything to be copacetic. I just wanna be on one team and that's just my kids, you know? And that's pretty much it. Um, but I do, I have no regrets. And like, as crazy as this show is, I think there was a lot of good that came from it as well. Like we've grown with the show. Um, we've been able to do our own things. I feel very blessed. So I yeah. have no regrets, zero regrets. Yes. You guys seem like you managed to find your way out of, you know, conflict. You yeah. were certainly smart about picking your battles and staying out of the things that just did not have anything to do with you and things to do with the co-parents. There were some very tough moments to watch, though, between your now husband and his co-parent disrespectful moments, um, things that were over the top. How did you, as the new person coming in, how did you, I'm not going to say you sat back and watched mm -hmm. him being disrespected, but how did you keep like a, like such an even keel about it? So my husband is just very laid back and chill. 
So he just takes things as they come and he's not, he's not the type of person like that will hold grudges or is going to make it like a huge problem. Like he just wants to get past things and that's it. And I know this about him. So for me, it's like, if I'm going to dwell on this problem and make it my problem in the next week, he's going to be fine. They're going to be fine. And then I'm going to be the one still holding a grudge or like, you know, being mad about it. So I've realized that really quickly, like, okay, they get through things quickly. Like they both disrespected each other. There has been, you know, words that have always been said and like taken back in the heat of the moment and stuff. But I think we have, you know, grown from a lot of that mostly. But back then it was hard for me because, you know, obviously I don't want to see my, well, my back then boyfriend getting disrespected or my husband now, but for my husband, he's just always like, you know, I don't care. You know, like, he's like, it's, it's not a big deal to me. Like words don't hurt me. Like we can keep going and that's pretty much it. So I'm just like, I just go with his flow. I feel I just go with his flow. That's such good advice. So I see a lot of women, a lot of partners, you know, they're, they're the new person coming into this dynamic yeah. and they're watching and not taking account for the fact, like you said, these two people had disrespected each other. They yeah. had already had a pre-existing relationship and yeah. you're coming in, putting your two cents in. And, you know, I personally would be like, hold on, you yeah. don't know the entire history. So mm-hmm. it's good that you were also able to kind of follow his lead. Yeah. Because a lot, a lot of people don't do that. A yeah. lot of people. No, definitely. Yeah. Like, obviously, I've had my fair share of words or I've had my opinions, but I also don't want to make things worse for him, you know, so I feel like I just want to be his peace. I don't want to be someone that brings him more issues or more problems. Like, I don't want to add on to the issues that they already have, you know, so even if I don't agree with it, I just try and be like that. I guess just like that pillar of strength for him. Like, you know, Mm. he he could talk to me and I'm here and, you know, I'll hear I'll hear him out and everything and, you know, let him know how I feel about it. But I just don't like adding fuel to the fire, you know, because so then, the fire, you... then the fire gets put out and then what, I'm going to be in the fire still. <laughs> You're going to be the bad guy. Cause it's like, well, the parents yeah. have to kind of work with each other, but just like, yeah. you, you know, your bonus. Exactly. So then how did you find yourself keeping calm? Because there's some moments that I saw, like in my, you know, going back to do research, there's some moments that I saw that you know, it was difficult. It seems like you have like a pretty calm temperament anyway. I do. I have a very calming demeanor. And um, my husband actually is the same way, even though, you know, on the show, it kind of, it's it's weird though. Cause like on the show, things are not really as they seem, you know, like they get bits and pieces of like arguments or stuff like that. They don't really know the stuff that happens behind the scenes or like the conversations we really have and things like that. Everything is kind of just like chopped and screwed and put onto the show. So that's another thing. Like people can see a situation and probably make it out to be worse than it is. Um, But I think as far as like just keeping calm, it's easy for me to do that because he makes it easy for me to do that. You know, like Mm. he doesn't, He's not the type of person that will like just while out in a situation and, you know, like he just kind of, it, it, it's, I can't, we kind of just like feed off of each other's energy, I feel. And like, yeah. he's okay. And he's like, you know, I'm going to get through this and like, everything will be fine. Then that kind of eases my anxiety and stuff. Cause I have really bad anxiety. So if any little mm-hmm. thing pops off, I'm immediately thinking the worst thing is going to happen. Like, yes. you know, my mind runs at like a million miles per hour, but Um, he just makes it really easy for me like we just have a we just have like an energy that we just vibe off of each other and I think we just keep each other 
we just keep each other cool. So as hard as that's awesome. So you mentioned anxiety, though. And I don't want I want to talk a little bit about that because yeah. that is something I think anxiety for those of us that have di- that are diagnosed, I think it's one in four adults in mm-hmm. America. I don't know the statistics worldwide yeah. has been diagnosed with it. So I wonder how many people are just walking around anxiety ridden without actually receiving any help. Let's speak on anxiety and how you found ways to manage just the step family mm-hmm. onset anxiety that happens to the most of us. Um, I feel like I'm still working on ways to manage. I am, I've, I've actually just started therapy um, not because of my co-parenting situation, like everything's good there, but life, just being a human. Yeah, just my yeah. life in general. And I mean, I've been through things in my past, like and as a child that I need to work through. And I, you know, I've seen it peek in to my adult life. So I think therapy has definitely helped me in like finding ways and, and giving me tools to really cope with my anxiety. But back then I didn't really know how to deal with it. And I would just like cry or I would get into like a really depressive state. Um, I just wasn't dealing with it healthily. Um, So I think that made it really hard. And that that was why it was really hard for me to stay in my relationship. A lot of the times I would tell Joe, like, I don't really know if I want to stay in this relationship. Like I was always Mm. very, I was always so hot and cold, which wasn't fair to him, but because my anxiety was so bad and I would never know how to deal with it. So when things were good they were so good but when it was bad it was so bad for me it felt and, like the end of the world you're like I don't yeah, know I just if to I'm gonna up. make it yeah and mm-hmm. I, I just really wanted to give up like my main like it was like fight or flight for me and I, I always was trying to like just fly away <laughs> um but I'm really glad mm. that I fought through a lot of it because you know I'm so happy in our relationship and our marriage and I'm I'm just so glad that I stuck that I stood around and yes. he's the same. He's like, you know, you you kind of like held it down for me, and like you were there for me through so much. Like, I don't know what I would do without you. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I kind of feel the same way. <laughs> you managed to stick it out, but there's a lot of people. Um, the I see that the the divorce rate for second, third, and sometimes fourth marriages, it gets higher and higher the more times you're married. And you know, we know it's because of financial matters. A lot of it is because blended family stuff, unhealed yeah. feelings, finances. But there are some cases where people just should not do it, especially if you like, I'm in this blended family. You Like you said, and I've heard a lot of women say, when it's just us, it's great. When it's wonderful, but when it's bad, it's bad. Yeah. You know, when, when would you say that a person should be like, listen, it's time to pack this up because it ain't getting, this is not going to be it. Oh my gosh. I think just... I think if anything that's like really fucking with your peace of mind and your peace in general, like if your energy is constantly off, um, you, you find yourself really depressed all the time and you just can't get yourself out of that rut and you know the main issue, like, you know, if you can get down to the main issue and say, listen, my life would be okay if I just took this aspect out, you know, and obviously it's not, you know, for some things are worth fighting for and some things really aren't, you know, like it's not worth your your energy or your peace of mind, or even your health, you know, like there's so many things that can come out of being in a toxic relationship and like trying and trying and trying a million times. And, you know, I think it's, it's very hard because, I mean, I understand you don't want to, you might be in love with this man or like this person. And, you know, you feel like it's very unfair um, just having to deal with anything else outside of that. So I get that comes along with them. Yeah, I totally get that. But it's like, if it is really affecting you to the point where 
you're just unhappy and no matter what you do, like nothing's getting better. I think that's when you kind of know. I think your gut really tells you. I think your gut really does tell you. Like, but it's like, is it my gut or is it my anxiety? And I need to get some help to balance. So it's hard to, or is it just gas? Like, it's hard to tell. <laughs> it's gas. <laughs> <laughs> if it was gas, it'd be so much better, right? Just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think that's when we we really have to um, look deep within ourselves and really get to the bottom of it. Um, I think anxiety there's so many different ways that you can try and cope with it but if you're really having that that pit of your stomach feeling all the time and it's just telling you something I I just feel like it's such a different feeling I'm not not worth it because heart disease isn't that like the number one killer of women and we know stress it leads to freaking heart disease so this stuff can really if you don't get a handle on it it could take you out exactly it really can mess up your health people don't really realize that like taking on so much um you know, stress and anxiety and all that stuff that really fucks with you. That really fucks literally with you. it could, you know, it not only ruins the quality of your life, it could ruin your life. So yeah, especially if you have children too. Oh God. Let, and you know that that was going to be my next question. So I want to talk about kids. Um, now you came into the situation already. You were a stepmom. That means the baby was already there. And then you and your husband got married and then you had your kids. So how was it when it was time to introduce the fact that, hey, you're going to have a new little sister or brother, brother, possibly? How did that happen? Did you feel the need to tell your co-mama? Did you tell your stepson? Did you tell your stepkids first? Or how was that? Does your partner share kids with a loony? Are your stepkids driving you up a wall? Is your partner failing miserably at setting boundaries? Well, VIP Stepmom is where you need to be. We're an exclusive private community just for stepmoms, and we'd love for you to join our tribe. Each month, our members enjoy private conversations, podcasts, expert workshops, a subscription to Stepmom Magazine, and monthly live Zoom meetings. If you're ready to join a diverse community that is committed to making sure you live your best life, visit VIP Stepmom today. We'll save a seat for you. VIP, VIP, Stepmoms, that's you and me. Yeah. So I don't, I don't really remember. I feel like it was so long ago, but I think, um, we knew he was already at a good age where if we told him, we knew he was going to say something. So, (laughs) so we kind of had to like, let her know, but I was just, I originally, like I was waiting anyway to tell pretty much anybody. Like the only people that really knew were like my mom and like my sister, my stepdad. But as far as like telling friends and stuff, I kind of wanted to wait a little bit. So I did wait a little bit and then um, we did tell her and at the time she was married. So we told them and then we were told Isaac and he actually had another sibling already. He had a brother. So um, he was pretty much, he just, he was like, okay. I'm (laughs) used to this. I'm I'm used to it. Like whatever. But he loves having a sister. He tells me to this day, like she, he loves having a sister and she's his only sister and he's just like obsessed with her. So, (laughs) so they have such a great relationship and to see it like form throughout the years has been such a blessing. And I just love their relationship. Yeah. I love their relationship so much. He's so protective of her and she's the same way with him. Like, I just feel like they're going to have such a strong bond. So gave them like best friends to have for each other. Cause they say our our siblings typically are our first best friends. So that's awesome. So then how does it work? Because I would think like, you know, if I'm taking my stepkids and they have other siblings, like new siblings from their other parents, mm-hmm. new relationship, and we were cool, I'd be like, honey, just bring bring them all. So do you guys do that? Do you like take all the kids or are you like, listen, let's just keep it structured and 
take the one, our one biological baby? Um, no. So we do, we do not care if she, if like her kids come to our house or like my daughter has been to her house, we hang out. Um, but as far as like the schedule, like, you know, as far as Isaac coming over, we have him every other week. So we, um, we have 50, 50. So one week he's with mom and then one week he's with us. Um, but yeah, we we don't like take all of her kids because she has, um, the same schedule schedules. Yeah. So they they go to their dad. So usually if Isaac's with us, they're with their dads. So, um, but we try and do like play dates and stuff like that. We we go to her house and hang out all the kids together because they love to hang out together. So that's another thing. Like we just know the kids love each other and they kind of grew up together. And even though the more, the merrier though, honestly, like, even though it's a crazy, weird dynamic, like they just seeing them together, like me and Carol just always look at each other and we're just like, this is so cute. Like, I'm just glad that we can do this. You know, like, we're just really blessed. Like, I know it took a long, hard journey for us to get here, but at the end of the day, just seeing our kids together is like, oh, it's like the best feeling. That's such a blessing. Looking back, what was, you know, you say long and hard, and I don't think people have a full respect for what long and hard means. Because for a lot of us, that means court and arguments and tears and hurt feelings and bending your ego. Um, But what did the hard look like for you? I think the hard was, um, you know, just seeing her go on and like live her life and like she got married and like moved away and and it was hard for us to make that decision to like I think that was the hardest part like we knew we wanted to stay close to Isaac and you know upping our um our up just getting up and going to Delaware was like really hard and then you know like they before way before that they had like court stuff and like custody things and you know, even though they were really young and I think they were, I think they both wanted the same oh, thing, wow. but didn't. Were they like 17, 18? Like how old were they when they yeah, started doing like, the court eight, stuff? Well, when I met them, well, yeah, they were probably like 20, 21 when court Oh stuff my God. Started. Yeah. Could you imagine? I think it was. No, like, I like literally, I'm like, that is so young. Cause when I was yeah. 21, I was graduating from college the first yeah. time at 21. So it's I couldn't imagine. Things. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm like, y'all were doing some grown up. That was some real grown up stuff. Like, God. Yeah. And it was, it was weird for me. Cause like at that time, you know, I mean, I was still kind of doing my own thing. Like we weren't married or anything, but like, I was in a relationship with him, but I kind of let him, you know, just do what he had to do. And I was just like a support system, but I really tried to like, not get involved in like court stuff and luckily he never did involve me like he would you know tell me what's going on but he never really stressed me about it or you know told me to stress out about it even though I, there were That's times so I sad. you know I'm like I hate that you guys are in this position and you know I wish things could be better but I think definitely now like things never have to go to court and like they're able to like talk things out which is great and I think yes. that's with, like age and just going through shit already and they're like none of us want to go back they're like none of us want to go back to court at this point literally so, like, like somebody could be your so worst enemy money. yeah they're like we wasted so much money and time and then the judge like they don't really give a fuck about you or your 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 oh, kid, your kid. they don't yeah. they just make a decision and that's it and that's the one you really have to stick with if you guys are not able to mediate before that so it's like do yeah. you really want someone else you know, choosing, you know, your, what's going to happen with your kids or anything. Like, I don't think people really realize like, that's what it boils down to. Um, but yeah, I think like, just those were like the really hard and like the nitty gritty times, like back then I think about it and I get chills because it's like, it feels like ages ago and it was so Did you ever think that, that you guys would be in this place though? Did you really think that this was a reality? If I would have told you, 
uh, t- what, 10, 12 years ago, girl, y'all are going to have a podcast together. Y'all are going to be friends. Your kids are going to play. If I would have told you that, what would you have said to me? I would have said, bitch, you're crazy. <laughs> I would have said, bitch, you lying and you're crazy and go sit down. <laughs> I think you're off your rocker. Yeah. You're like, you need to go take some meds. You are tripping. Yeah, we say that all the time. Like we literally say that we look back and we're like, we would have never in a million years. Like we hated each other. We just, I mean, not that we hated each other. We just didn't want to deal with each other. We did, we wanted nothing to do with each other. It was just kind of like we lived these totally separate lives and we didn't feel the need to like even go there with each other, you know? Yeah. So then what advice would you give to a co-mama duo who might not be co-anything right now? Who are kind of in the same place you guys were at? Like, listen, this is never, we're never going to be friends. I hate you. Stay yeah. away from me. Like, like, what advice would you give to a duo, um, especially to know that, listen, there might be hope in the future? Like, what, what signs? That's a better question. How do you know that there might be hope down the line? Listen, you never know. I mean, I can't say for sure if there is hope, but there's not, you know, it, it also really depends on the person. I don't know a lot of a lot of people have a lot of unresolved shit, number one, you know, and you never know where that relationship can take you. But I also like, for me, I feel like hating takes so much more energy than just trying to get along or, you know, not even just, you don't have to have beef or, you know, you don't got to like really hate each other. Just, just literally learn how to just live with the fact that your stepmom, you know, she's bio mom, we're going to be at some point, at some capacity involved with each other, if we can be cordial and like, you know, keep it moving, like that's totally fine. You don't have to be best friends with this person. You know, like I wouldn't even say like, oh, me and KR are like best, best friends. We never say like, we're like best friends. We're yeah. really, really fucking cool. Hell yeah. But like, we both have like our separate best friends, you know what I mean? And we co-parent well together, you know, like we just have a really great relationship but I've got, listen, I've got best friends that I've had for 10 years, you know, like, and though I, I keep those people close, you know, and they do help me through like hard times and stuff like that. But, you know, I think just being able to, you know, just, I don't, I don't even know how to, how to explain. Just being that. able to play in the sandbox well yeah. is one thing because, you know, there's so many, like you said, if I had told you 10, 15 years ago, girl, y'all are going to be actually cool. You'll be able to sit in the same room. You'll be able to hug yeah. each other. You would have been like, never. Yeah. Um, and I there's mean, so I many. Think, I think in the back of my mind, I would have been like, oh, like it could happen. But at that point I was so, you know, when you're so like in your feelings and your emotions, you're like, oh, no, I don't want anything to yeah. do with her. But, you know, I think like thinking down the line, did I ever think we were going to hate each other forever? No, I didn't think that, you know, but I didn't it's think a we tough have bird a to carry. Together. Yeah, but I thought, you know, we're going to be okay because we always had those points where we were like, fine. Like, I think after a while, we were just like, why do we, we don't even know why we hate each other anymore? Why we are we? Like, yeah, like, what's the yeah, point? We kind of just stood to like not talking to each other because that's like what was happening. But yeah. like, as we really started talking to each other and getting to know each other, I was like, oh, like, you know, you're not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> you're is- like, we're more alike than we are different, which is what I find with a lot of stepmother, um, biological mother duos. It's weird. Yeah. And like, as mom, I think even just me becoming a mom was like different too. Like I was able to relate to how she really felt on some other levels. Whereas before I didn't really. Um, oh, okay. So in what ways let's go there. Let's kind of break it down a little. Cause there's, um, you know, if, if a person is not, 
is child free, then there's a different perspective. So then what happened when you became a biological mama? I think like just unfeel. I mean, once I had my daughter Vivi, I was like thinking like, I can't imagine having to give up half of my time with somebody. You know, I think that really put things into perspective for me and I, like how hard things were for her and, you know, and for him too, you know, like just not, you want to spend every single waking moment with your child. You don't want to, you don't want to divide time and divide activities and all this stuff. Like it just becomes more work than it feels enjoyable. And you don't want the kids to feel like that either, you know? And I think that was like such a hard thing to grasp. Um, at the time for me, because I didn't really have a child. Like I was just like, you know, you're still going to see them, you know, like it's fine. But once I had my daughter, I was like, wow, I really get it. Like I couldn't imagine going a week without seeing my daughter. Like I, I just couldn't, I couldn't never Mm. imagine. So I just felt I just started being like, you know, I can see why she's kind of, you know, reluctant to like giving 50, 50 or like, you know, even though in her heart, she knew it was right. Like that doesn't make it any less hard, you know? And, and for Joe too, like, he's like, I don't, like it's it's so hard to like not be able to see him as much as I want to and things like that and I'm like I can I just can't imagine you know and so you just start to really empathize a lot more um I just felt like I just really started empathizing and really putting myself in that in her shoes and you know how she probably feels about a lot of it and I think like as moms we always feel like we you know we have to do everything and you know where like we need to be like the main parent and stuff and we do feel that like I feel like it's just kind of like an intuition that comes with us like it's just so weird to you're like if I don't do it then it might not get done properly so I'm just gonna do it and like I just want to do it and like you know that's just how it is so I can't imagine like having to do to like trust a whole nother household and you're not even there exactly like and that's where even anxiety can kick in like I am I'm I'm trying not to be much of like a control freak like in my life but I feel like when it comes to my kids like do not fuck with me like my kids like are my everything, you know, like, and I, I just, I do not play. I just don't play. Mm. So if like, there was something that was going on in another household and I don't agree with it, like that would be like, that would be hell, you know? So I can't imagine. You sound that. like you might, if you, if you ever went in that position, cause you're, you're not going to be though. You sound like you might be kind of a drama mama. I might be, I might be, really? I'm not going to lie. I might be a little crazy, but really? I think but I do think, listen, I think, you know, I can empathize with stepmom too, because I've been in that position. So I don't feel, I don't feel like I'd put them through hell, but I think my baby father might be a little bit, you know, he'd be like, uh, she's going to be a little difficult. I don't know. He's like, it's going <laughs> to be tough. I think my main thing is just like my control stuff. Like I just, I'm just a, when you are a boss, bitch, you got to get things done. You know what I mean? Like there's And no- you know what it takes, yeah, but you know, so the one thing I've learned from being a boss the one thing I learned from being a boss, so I have had the blessing. I've, I've also been very unlucky, but I've learned how to hire really efficient people. Basically, some like mini nausea's. My team is so dope. And I imagine in your in your blended family, though, it's the same thing. You're like, okay, do we have the same ideals as far as mothering? And so I know your co-mama, when she sends your her baby over, she knows that you are going to oh, be yeah. another extension of her. No, I treat her kids like my kids and she treats yeah. my kids like her kids. Like we don't, we just, everybody don't. can get it. Everybody yeah, sit your I ass mean, down. Everybody like, can get it. 
even finding out about like bullying in the school, me and her think we have the same exact reactions. We react the same. Like, we're just like, we just don't play. We don't play when it comes to our babies, especially collectively, like they're all our babies, you know? So that's just how we feel about them. Like we just rock with them and, you know, we try and protect them as best as we can. So that's just, that's really just all it is. Much easier when you decide or when life happens and you know, there's like a united front because it's easier for you mentally too. Cause you don't have to worry about going to school functions and she's over there with her eyes rolled and you're over there with your lips tight. Like it's different. It's yeah. Fun. It's more fun for us. Cause we'd be like, Oh, we get to see each other and the kids love it. You know, like it, but at first it wasn't like that for me. That, that was my situation. Like I hated going to like events or like sports. Like I'm not going to, I just never wanted to put myself in that position where I felt awkward or like the kids can feel like an off energy because I know energy is like a huge thing for me like kids know kids are not stupid they know when mama is not happy exactly so I never wanted to bring that tension to like anybody you know I just thought it wasn't fair to anyone um so I would steer clear but now I just I feel like even if we didn't get along at this point I just I wouldn't I've learned not to let that affect me and you know, the kids come first and I, I, it doesn't mean like I need to not be at things or anything like that. Like we could be cordial and say hi and that's it, you know, which I think people mm-hmm. should do that. You shouldn't have to miss out on like your kids things or your bonus kids stuff. If you really want to go, you know, I mean, if you don't want to go, that's a different story. Obviously don't do anything that's going to like affect your mental health, but you know, if you really want to go and that's the only thing keeping you back, I would just, you know, I would, I would, I would recommend Tough I, through it. Like just yeah. grit like, your teeth come, and come go and make it happen at the end of the day his memories aren't going to be oh you know my mom and my stepmother didn't get along so that's why she didn't come no his his or her reaction is going to be no they just weren't there you know mm, you never came you never showed up yeah, you didn't show oh, up. I, I realized after a while I don't want to be that stepmom that like never shows up you know like I want to be there for him and me and him have really a really close relationship like he you know he vents to me about things and he talks to me and he trusts me you know and that's your baby also you know yeah that's my baby I've known him since he was one like I've seen it was your first experience into motherhood actually right yeah well I have I have a niece and a nephew too who I'm really really close with so my my nephew was like the one who my sister had him when I was like 15 16 so I was like I've been around kids like my whole like teenage life and like you know so and I also, okay. I worked in childcare for a really long time. So kids are like, I just, I just love them so much, you know, and um, yes. I understand them. And, you know, I just, I just always was like, I don't ever want him to feel like I'm not showing up for him. So if he does have like huge, important things and, you know, I, I'm notified about it, I will always do my best to like go and just show yeah, up. Yeah. So yeah. I know I saw one of your posts, we were talking about um, relationships with biological fathers and you were very transparent about your feelings and your own experience. Speak to that a little bit. And where are you now as far as relationship with bio dad? I know stepdad has been super impactful and he is your yeah. father figure in your mm-hmm. life. Um, did you ever feel, and this might be a cliche question, but did you ever feel like something was missing um, since bio dad was not in the capacity that you needed him to be. Yes, 100%. Absolutely. I 100% have daddy issues. I have abandonment issues. I have so much trauma that I'm working through now in therapy just to cope um, with the fact that um, I was really close with my dad when I was younger. So I think that's why it affects me so much, so much more than anyone can understand. Like I was a little- Oh, and after divorce, is that when the relationship kind of got- Yeah, after um, him and my mom split up- um, 
you know, I had, he had custody of me like every other weekend and stuff like that. So I would like, you know, go with him and hang out. But my dad, he, he was just, he was, he had so many demons that he was fighting and so many situations of his own, you know, he had other kids and stuff that he was popping out. And, um, I think slowly our relationship just started to dwindle and, you know, I got older and I really started to see a lot more things that I wasn't really knowledgeable, you know, from when I was younger. Um, so it just got really hard and our relationship just kind of, you know, it just, it kind of just died away. And I think, you know, I, I don't know what I could have did or, you know, what we could have done. That's the, that's the sucky part because the fact that I know you're in therapy, I know you've seen what blended families look like, but the fact that as an adult, you know, that, that thing is planted in our heads that we were insufficient. Like, what could I have done? Literally nothing. And you're a parent now yourself, you know, it's not your baby or Isaac's responsibility to fortify a relationship with you. So yeah. And it, it's, it's hard. Like I, I, until this day, like I always say, I love my dad. Um, we have a very, like, um, we, I wouldn't say we have a relationship, but we don't, um, not communicate. Like if he was to hit me up on Facebook or something like, or send yeah. me a text every now and then I will write back, you know, like, it's just very minimal as to where my stepfather, you know, he's been in my life since I was like nine nine, 10, I would say. And, you know, he's always been consistent. He's still with my mom. And I just look at him as like, you know, he was there through all of my big things. Like he um, was there with me for my sweet 16 and like put my heels on my, and um, you know, like he walked those core memories, walked me down the aisle when I got married and, you know, I wouldn't have it any other way because he saw me through so many like huge milestones. Yeah. And I, I felt like, you know, even though he wasn't my dad and that's not, it's it's just a title, you know, I felt like he deserved to be the one to walk me down the aisle. You know, I wasn't going to like give it to somebody who really didn't deserve it just because they're my dad. Um, I wanted it to be really, you know, I just knew it felt right. I was like, like, there's no other person that I would, I would want to walk down the aisle than like my mom and my stepfather. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, And you know, it's like, we know it's good that you can acknowledge, Hey, listen, stepdad truly stepped up. And there's always this thing that requires a bit of healing when we grow up and realize, Hey, maybe I had a toxic parent or a parent that was fighting demons. And it's hard to to say it wasn't my fault. There's nothing I could have done. Yeah. It's so hard. And I think that's something that I'm still going and I, going through and I struggle with like it's a struggle every day for me to sit here and be like it's you know not your fault like you just you couldn't have been a better kid you couldn't have been a worse kid you couldn't have been taller shorter there's literally no thing you know if for for a person to go away from that biological connection and to set that aside for their other demons that doesn't mean that you're not important it just means there's things that they you know because I see demons as whether we call our parents demons drug addiction sex addiction gambling like whatever their thing is you know we realize that was already like that's a trauma response for them oh yeah so other people's trauma responses are causing us trauma like that's some bullshit right there Yes, and I know all the trauma my dad has been through like I know you know, his side of the family, like we have alcoholics and, you know, um, a lot of mental health issues that were never addressed back then, you know, kind of just trickles down generation by generation. And that's absolutely trauma. And, you know, and that's why I think I do still have a soft spot for my dad because I know 
he's been through a lot and he never had the tools to like get through it you know never never had the tools yeah he tried to do the best he could but it just didn't really didn't work oh so let's talk about your new endeavor you know i want to talk about this there's a sign behind you for those of you that are actually watching us (laughs) and not listening there's a sign behind her she so she just started her own joint she just started her own podcast vibing and kind of thriving so tell us about that what's it about um what's your favorite episode so far like give us all the tea so uh yeah i just started vibing and kind of thriving with my best friend of like eight nine years alessandra um and we really we just wanted to really speak more to like women and mental health and self-care and just make it like the normal thing for women you know like I just feel like there's so many women out there that don't properly take care of themselves because we feel like you know god forbid we do you know like (laughs) uh we need to take care of ourselves and you know it's okay to address you know your mental health and you know to work at it and stuff like that so I think just bringing those things to light and sharing our experiences with people so that they don't feel so alone like we just wanted to create just like a little sisterhood um, Mm. of listeners and people that can resonate with us and like have a safe space to just you know just vibe and thrive with us and there's some days that we're and there's some days that we're just not, you know, and we're not thriving. So we're very Some open. days you're barely surviving, honey. Exactly. Tell me about it. Exactly. So it's like, we just want to be really open and authentic and real and raw. And yeah, I mean, we've taught, we've touched on so many things so far. Um, I think one of my favorite episodes right now is, I think it was like our second episode and it's, um, oh, what was it? What is it called? Um, something about just not worrying about other people's uteruses. <laughs> oh, honey. Yeah. Uh, And it's true because I mean, I feel like there's so many, so much pressure put on women alone to like have kids and, you know, like it's, it's people point out so many things like, oh, why don't you have a kid yet? Or, you know, when are you going to have another one? And it's like, mind your own. God forbid, don't let you um, eat a, eat a burrito and then you'd be bloated today. And somebody's like, like no it's a you have, have you ever seen a food baby in your life like a bitch mm-hmm. just likes to eat like that's it <laughs> so mm. I think just you know just and then also realizing like people women do go through things so like pointing out stuff to women you never know what someone's going through you know and I just think it's like the worst thing someone can do is like talk about someone else's uterus and uterus and it's especially these Oh, white dudes that are changing these laws yeah, yeah. that we, affect we our, our uteruses. Yeah, we just did our last episode on that and our feelings on that, and especially me raising a daughter and how I felt. And I feel like we're going back in time. I feel like I'm just. I feel like we're in a time machine, and like things are just yeah. going back, backwards. And it's like it's so scary. It's so scary to think about. You know what I think is going to happen, Novi? I think, you know, if this first of all, I don't think that Roe v. Wade is going to get overturned. I, I think it's just a ploy to distract us from a whole bunch of other stuff. And I'm not really a yeah. big conspiracy theorist. I think it's just all chatter right now. Um, but let's just say the snowball's chance in hell, it did get overturned. Yeah. What we're going to see is just a lot of illegal or backdoor abortion oh, yeah. clinics. It's still going to get done. It's just now. It's going to get done. Yeah, it's going to get done. For it. And that's, right. that's what it boils down to now. Now women are definitely not going to be safe. And there's going to be more, you know, deaths because who can even survive trying to? And then you know, because look at why they legalized alcohol. They didn't want us drinking alcohol at first, but they're like, wow, we're not making any money off of this, and 
look at all this coin that we're missing. So I feel like if they overturn it, we're just going to find another way. Also, I wish they would just demand that these dudes get vasectomies. Like, I know. why not just do that? Yeah. What do they I, say? It's I easier did. to put on a bulletproof vest than remove a bullet, right? So, yeah. dude. Just- I did see this one thing on Facebook the other day, and I was like, damn, like, they hit the nail on the head. It was like, if a woman cannot back out of having a child, then it should be illegal for the man to leave the woman. And they, because, yeah. I mean, you're backing out too, you know? So, it's like, it, it just makes sense. I was like, this is, this is crazy. Sense. It makes sense. I feel like men have more, you know, they're obviously more able to just walk out and do whatever they want and leave us high and dry. I mean, think about it. We can have, what, about one baby a year, two, three at most. Mm -hmm. Um, Dudes can literally fill up a swimming pool full of babies every damn day. Exactly. So what are we doing to prevent that? (laughs) What are we doing? But, you know, when the rules don't apply to you, I feel like maybe you should just keep your damn mouth shut or allow the people who are affected by this thing to to do it. Well, V... This has been such an amazing talk with you. I'm so glad you came and checked us out and sat with us for a moment. <laughs> Please tell everybody that is listening where exactly they can find you. So you can find me on my podcast as well, on Baby Mama's No Drama Podcast. We're available on all streaming platforms and vibing and kind of thriving. You can check out my new episode and um, you can also find me on Instagram. It's beautify me. So V-E-E-A-U-T-I-F-Y me. And um, you can also shop my small Latina owned business. Um, it is vivid belleza. So vivid dot com. And then we have cosmetics and accessories and so many great things. For- Girl, I need some of that stuff. Cause you know, Ms. Naja loves to paint a face. Now, let's support yes. the Latino owned businesses. People, please, yes. por favor, let's support. Support your people of color. It's very important, especially now. Um, yeah, I'm very, um, so that's where you can find me. I'm very excited. Very excited to be here. I got to come again. (laughs) <laughs> you're gonna come at listen anytime and you call me over because i know uh, we had so much fun on the baby mama's no drama joint so yeah. whenever you on your vibing and kind of thriving or and let me just add or barely surviving let me do that episode <laughs> but a bitch is just barely making it because i yeah. know what it's like <laughs> well, i gotta get you on there and whenever i'm in new york i'm gonna hit you up oh my god we like that's a necessity i better not see a picture of you in new york city and you have not called me and let me know you no, in town <laughs> <laughs> I would never do that. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been another episode of I Know I'm Crazy with Naja Hall. I will see you next Tuesday or actually every other Tuesday, everywhere your favorite podcast is streamed. I know I'm crazy.